What up, everybody? It's Nate Street with. Uh, this afternoon, I am in Logan Square. Yeah. Would you say Logan yeah. Square? Um, took the the train for the first time, the subway. Oh, was whatever. your first time? It was. Yeah. I've, but Let it was go. fun, and I've been yeah. I've been in the subway before, so like this wasn't like a. Um, I did have to remember to grab something. <laughs> yeah, you, you know, might stumble a little bit. Yeah, that first like something. jerk after they get started like <laughs> caught me going forward. Mm-hmm. The guy next to me was just laughing. I was like, "Let me get my shit together." You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Today I am with Jesse Waska. What's going on? Hey, how's it going? I appreciate your time. I. What's great about the story of all this is that we know some homies. It's a, sm- a small world. Mm-hmm. You, you, you're from Lee Summit. That's I am. that's where you grew up. That's where I grew up. That's where you went to school. Yes. And you know Jess and Nick. Did you guys go to school at all? Was it the same? I went to school with Jess. Yeah, that's yeah, right. So right, I've right. known her probably since junior high. Yeah. So we've known each other for a long time. Um, and I met Nick. I think I was still in. I was in high school. He went to a different school, but we were part of the same friend group and just a group of creative folks. Yeah, yeah, and shout out to Nick. Like he's such a great friend with Skiggity Skiggity, and like with his rolling papers, which now you have. I'm a proud them. owner. So you have those. Um, I, now where where this all intersects is that seeing your creative realm come to life through chain stitching. Yeah. You are the chain stitcher. I don't know anyone else that does it right now. <laughs> there are other. But look at your face. Look at your face. You're like that. There are other really. There are many great chain stitchers, but I am a chain stitcher, and I'm glad to be a, your chain stitcher. Right. Yeah. Definitely. Definitely. Um, <laughs> I, I want to know how this all started. So let's take a, a little uh, back step a little bit. We talked about Lee Summit a little bit. Um, explain like so you went to school there, and then you moved to where we are now, Chicago. Yeah. Right out of high school? Yeah. Yeah, I left right after high school. Was it that itch? Was it like, I need to get the hell out of this area? Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I'd always wanted to leave. So why Chicago? To be completely honest, it was the closest big city. I had never been anywhere, really. Uh, so I took a little trip to Chicago when I was still in high school, and it just blew my mind. I thought it was beautiful, and I just fell in love. So I was like, I'm moving here. So applied to school, got accepted, and the next time I came to Chicago, I was living my things. So I was just like ready for something bigger. You know? Yeah. And I feel like Kansas City is, uh, what would you say, um, a footstone to like a bigger city. Yeah. And I think Kansas City has changed a lot since I lived there. I don't think there, there seems to be a lot of stuff happening there now. And when I lived there, when I was still in high school, there wasn't all, there was a kind of a disconnect, I feel like from like with younger people and the art world yeah. there was kind of a disconnect but it seems like it's been growing a lot and from what I hear from like friends who still live there and from things I see on like with Jess and with Nick uh, and you people there's like stuff happening Yeah. so the, I'm excited I need to come back and visit more so I can see what's up because it's been 11-ish years you should do like a, a workshop yeah so I want to come actually do an event I'm thinking about it in the next month or so hey so that's cool as hell we can talk that's the whole thing i was thinking like when i first met you i was like man if she came here and did like a setup a pop-up you know what i'm yeah. saying yeah yeah like, like i for sure pop up. there's some people that i mean i could count for a minute the homies that would be down for like a chain stitching piece yeah. for sure yeah. yeah all right so now let's go into the creative realm how did chain stitching come all about 
Um, I got into it a couple of years ago, um, and I used to chain stitch by hand. Well, the reason I started was because I had a denim jacket, and I really wanted something on the back of it, and I couldn't find a patch I really liked, and so I've always been kind of like a DIY person. So YouTube University, I looked up how to chain stitch and taught myself how. I made my first jacket, and at the time, I was working in fashion, so I'd go to trade shows and stuff, and I had a lot of people asking me about the jacket and where they could get one or if I could make them one and I just started taking commissions. So for a long time I was doing it all by hand. Um, so that, you can imagine that that like takes a lot of time. Yeah. <laughs> I was yeah. spending a lot of time chain stitching and it's, it's great to do it by hand. It's meditative, you know, it's, it's fun and you have a lot of control but it's limiting for sure. So. I saw a chain stitch machine, like I knew they existed and I'd seen videos, but they're really hard to find. And I finally found one and been teaching myself how to chain stitch since then. So you picked up the machine in North Carolina. So I found it in North Carolina and I had it created and shipped to a freight yard here and we had to get it like forklifted onto a truck and unpack it. It was a 500 pound crate this big thing and then I had this machine suddenly and I had no idea how to use it so that was it was a learning experience <laughs> was YouTube a huge partner in helping you no there uh there was aren't books <laughs> it wasn't what? books either uh so there aren't really tutorials on how to do this there they there aren't uh, it's a really it's a pretty small community I'd say and it's an old craft so there just aren't manuals on how to do it. My machine is from the 1950s. The manual is from like before that. It's like three pages long. I was able to find it online, but it doesn't really tell you how to do it. It's, I'll have to show it to you. It's very, very brief. Um, so it was trial and error. And I also um, found a little online forum in a woman in, uh, gosh, where is it? Is it Wisconsin? Somewhere in the Midwest. We're internet friends, so I don't actually know where she lives. Minnesota. It's Minnesota. Uh, she's a quilting lady, and she's lovely, and she's um, kind of been my mentor. So she's helped me a lot. Well, like FaceTime, and she'll give me little lessons and stuff, which is great. Really got me going. But, yeah, so there, it was a lot of self-teaching. Yeah, and, a challenge. Yeah, it was crazy. I thought for sure when I got the machine that I'd be able to find something online on how to thread it even nope. what, what was that duration what was the duration <laughs> from like trying to master the skill or like by book mm -hmm. or by white any like you said the any manual. yeah any <laughs> manual time. that you could find yeah the very to actually manual. doing your first project you know i let it sit there for a few months because it was terrifying <laughs> did you just like stack things around it make it kind of more of a furniture <laughs> yeah, I like, piece cool, i have this thing i don't want to look at it um but <laughs> well, when I first got it, it had the industrial motor on it because it's a factory machine. So when you pushed on the pedal, it was just start and go. There was no medium speed. So you'd put your foot on the pedal and it would just just like thousands of stitches really fast, like chop your hand off, watch out. Uh, so that was very intimidating and I had to do a little research and figure out how to get a different motor with different voltage adjustments. and. How I could like slow it down so that I could stitch with a little bit of control. So as far as like how long it took, I'd say it took me like three months to like 
to really sit down and work it out. Because every time I'd try it, it was so frustrating. I would just stop <laughs> and walk away, stitch something by hand, come back to it. But I ended up doing a market and um, like a maker's market here. And that kind of pushed me to like get my shit together. So, yeah. I want to talk about a little bit about the, the maker market. Mm -hmm. So you've been like very heavily involved with that. You said you had a, a friend that's uh, in a nonprofit. Yeah. And what, what else does she do? Um, my friend Mickey is a taxidermist, and she also has a nonprofit called yeah. the Specimen Museum. Um, and they teach kids in school um, about natural preservation, and they bring specimens to school and let them touch them and talk about it. Um, so, anyway, she is very active, and she curates a few maker's marts in Chicago, and so I participated in three of those now, um, and they're really cool. Sometime, like the last one we had, we had one yesterday, actually, and there were, I think there were like 12 people, 12 makers in it, and then there was one for the holidays, and there were like 30 makers, mostly female makers. Yeah. Um, so it ranges, but they're really, it's a good way to meet other makers in different crafts a lot of people are doing stuff you just don't see a friend of mine does like hand leather tooling really cool stuff and there's all kinds of stuff so um, but those have been really good for me and like building community and making me like get out there and talk to people and seeing like working with people or showing them my work that I wouldn't normally get to see you know like or get to meet yeah sense. 100% well what's funny is that like um I did a market in South Africa when I was over there. Mm -hmm. Starting a coffee company called Colloquy, which means conversation. Woo, trendy, maybe, I don't know. But <laughs> we did like a, a cross kind of style, very modern kind of look, but we stamped it. But anyway, where I'm getting to is that I remember our first market, we brought all, everything. We brought like our, our little roaster to kind of roast on spot to ooh and awe people. And like we made our whole booth out of um, pallets. So it was like really trendy, cool looking. Uh -huh. The next one, we didn't bring anything, but just like <laughs> the very basics. So you know what I mean? Uh -huh. Like, was that was it a stretch for you to kind of learn for yourself of what um, the people are looking for? I think it changes all the time. I mean, holidays big because everyone's buying gifts. You know, right, right, right. getting stuff personalized on the spot is like a great gift thing. But I think every time I go, it's different. And every time I go, it's a different crowd of people. I also do makers marts with FTC Studios here. Um, they're like a collab they're a collaborative art space um, and they host a bunch of events and they also have a little pop-up shop in the front right now called Mr. Sun. You were telling me about this. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah so yeah. they carry uh, stuff from local makers and artists, photographers, all kinds of stuff um, in the little pop-up in the front of the shop. So, um, but they have been doing, this summer they've been doing monthly makers marts so I've been doing that with them and it's cool because it's like totally different crowd than the people that come to the other marts that I've done dope Where, where's that located at that's over uh, it's in Logan Square it's on so, Milwaukee okay yeah right. so it's not far from here I'm new to this area so yeah. like I'm people are like where are you staying I'm like I don't know <laughs> Somewhere in like West Thomas Street, I, I don't know <laughs> something like. You're that. in well, you're in like that's like Wigger Park, Ukrainian village ish. Yes. 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 Yeah, I used to live over there. We had breakfast before Ryan left at Milk and Honey, which was right oh, yeah. next to, which is beautiful. Yeah. Um, it was right next to like a bathing spot for uh, 
anyone that wants to come through to oh, get bathed or oh, like bathhouse? yes yeah 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 and i was like this kind of brings me like john wickish kind of <laughs> thing like this is this is cool but that was a great spot and i really enjoyed the vibe there for i think it was like saturday morning but anyway i, I want to get back to you sorry we're going about left and right field here no, you're good. um you talked about fashion so you're you're obviously creative in the arts and everything when when did that all start for you so another even was like a subcategory for a topic well i want to know like did you get in the art like early and that's how it led to fashion or did you just like stumble about fashion like okay Um, so you can go back a little bit we're going back and go back to my youth yeah yeah. Uh, (laughs) my childhood uh i've always been making stuff like i've always been creative um like when i was a little kid um, I used to like, get these, go through these like fits of creativity. My mom called them um, art attacks, and so I would have an art, art attack. Art attack. Hey. I have an art attack, and I'd have like all these papers and everything spread on the floor, like making stuff. Um, so I've always been, I guess, a little artsy. Uh, I did a lot of. I was in. So I. Th- I took a bunch of art classes in col- or high school, but I thought about going to art, like fine art school. Ended up changing my mind, um, and my senior year I was really into fashion. The reason I was into fashion at the time was because it felt like a window to like a bigger world, you know. One hundred percent. Yeah, I was like, well, this is like a peek into what else is going on, and this was kind of pre-social media, like pre-Instagram, where it was like so visible. Kids are lucky now that you get to like see what's going on, but like before it was like a lot harder to see yeah. what what's happening in the rest of the world. I don't mean to interrupt. The stigma that's driving me up all like up the wall and annoying the hell out of me is the difference between of like inspiring or being inspired by Instagram and like full on copying someone's outfit and just being like all one brand mm-hmm. instead of knowing how to like really be cohesive and like be able to build your own mm-hmm. wardrobe. Which I think takes some time, you know what I mean? And like in the hype realm where like a lot of my uh, free time is spent um, seeing kids just like doused in like off-white just from head to toe. It's just Mm -hmm. like, man, do you know what you're wearing? Do you know the meaning behind this and that? And that's why like going today at the MCA was like a really big thing for me because I wasn't just going into a hype museum gallery piece. I was going to go into the mind of Virgil Albloa, who Mm -hmm. I've like admired for years and for him to you know, make a, a, a step forward in history and be it with Louis Vuitton and still um, being very heavy on the off-white world as well, you know, mm-hmm. for me has been a big inspiration for me. So yeah, anyway, sure. keep on going. No, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, yeah, for me it was just like a way for me to express myself, which I think a lot of people feel that way about fashion. Although, like what you're saying sometimes is kind of about ego and appearance, but... Uh, it was like a way for me when I was younger to be yeah. like, oh, this is like a thing that I'm into and this is, this connects me to the bigger world. And I was, like I said, I was like thirsty to get somewhere else. Not that there's like anything wrong with Kansas City at all, but I was like, I was living in a suburb, you know? And, um, but anyway, so I went to school for fashion and I ended up working in fashion for like the last 10 or so years. Um, I worked in fashion wholesale. So, um, I got really lucky when I moved here. I immediately 
got a job in the field I wanted to be in. So I was already working with uh, New Balance Lifestyle Footwear. And so we repped New Balance Footwear, Lifestyle Footwear, and PF Flyers in the hey. Chase from Sandlot. Yeah. Make you run faster, jump higher. So I worked with them and kind of just like popped around the wholesale world, wholesale world for a while. Um, and then I ended up my last job I was working I was the Midwest rep for Midwest account executive for free people which is if you're familiar I don't know they're like a women they're a women's fashion brand owned by Urban Outfitters if you didn't know they are owned by Urban I went into a store super random I went into a store where I was staying that was very I felt like I was in like another Urban Outfitter or like this is where Urban Outfitter really got their idea from was it, it was like, like a boutique? It was. Oh. And it was like a very large women's selection with a, a small selection of men. They Here? Had, yeah, they had Quiet Life in there, which I admire from L.A. Was it Una Maze? Hmm. Where was it? It was a name like that. <laughs> I want to say it was like Penelope's. Oh, Penelope's, yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. okay. Penelope's I was like, great. man, that's a, I think that's the name, yeah. Mm-hmm. But I went in there and I was like, told Ryan that I was with the homie that has lived here for about the same amount as you have mm-hmm. um, I was like I think I feel, I feel like I'm in Urban Outfitters so I was like but wait is this where they get their shit like the <laughs> setup the shelves everything was like very uh, yeah which I guess you know like that's the only comparison that I could do coming from Kansas City you know I can't yeah. be like well maybe they got this idea from somewhere else and this and that. you know <laughs> what I mean because every time I step into a boutique I kind of like you know observe it check it out see uh-huh. like where maybe some inspirations came from or like um, try to get the backstory of the spot but they were extremely busy that day so um, we were extremely sweaty at the time as well so <laughs> i didn't feel like you know talking to anyone while like water's dripping down, right down my your face. face yeah i know the feeling um yeah penelope's has been there for a long time but they they're great i mean they, their selection is really good they have a really good eye um I actually worked with Spiewak Outerwear for a little bit, um, which is jackets, coats and jackets, um, and sold jackets to them back when I was uh, young. And so back I worked in. with the rep for Spiewak. So. That's dope. Yeah. I want to talk about uh, some pieces that I love that you've done. So I just want to like shoot okay. out some ones. Um, the pot leaf was huge. Oh, thank you. That was early. <laughs> Even seeing, um, like, Jess talk about the jacket that you made and how excited she was to, like, get it and, like, to show me. Yeah. I was like, that's so dope, especially how you put the... Oh, yeah, her paintbrush and on her like, sleeve. Yeah, exactly yeah. where she's tattooed almost, like, yeah, she, in the same spot. I was excited to make that for her. I was, it was cool to reconnect with her because, like I said, we were friends. We've known each other since junior high, like, when we were kids. So... It's cool, and it's cool to see all the stuff that she's been doing, what, like all you guys have been doing. It's yeah, like her body painting is like it's awesome. Gone to another level, mm-hmm. and I'm really, really excited for her. Mm-hmm. Um, the bear, it's mm. a bear one that mm-hmm. was like incredible. I've done a couple bears. I like doing. I like doing the bears. Actually, one of the jackets, uh, one of the bear face jackets, I've turned it into my logo because I liked it so much. Damn. Yeah. That's so dope. I like, like doing. The animal heads are fun to do. Yeah. Like, I'm sure you've done, like, the cow's skull. I haven't. But I, I feel like I... 
I draw inspiration from like some tattoo, like traditional tattooing. Um, I love traditional tattooing. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, I have a I lot of traditional. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> um, I have a, traditional to me. What's crazy is that I've got the majority of my traditional was tattooed with on me when I was in South Africa. Oh, cool. Crazy enough. Yeah. Met this guy. He was like, hey, I do traditional. Can I do peace on you? I'm like, sure, let's go. So the first one, it's like stomach to like mid-chest area. Mm-hmm. Indian woman. I'm like, cool. This is rat. And then it was just a, a spark that ignited just, I want to do all these traditional pieces. I'd come with like books and be like, all right, this one now. Now let's do this one. <laughs> this one's next week. I was just on this roll. I think I got... I like to tell people I got severely tattooed, like, in, like, six months. <laughs> severely tattooed. That's, I like that. But I, I feel like, at the same time, if I was here in mm-hmm. America, it, the same thing would happen to me. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I would um, get tattooed regardless where I was. It was just, like, that timing of everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I get the dictate, you know? Each time I get a tattoo, I'm like, I think I'm thinking about my next one, you know? So. Definitely. Your patches... My patches. Yeah, I want to talk about <laughs> <laughs> that you love so much. Um, how did that idea come about? Was it like another like another idea that you've had like a while ago? To was make some... patches, or yeah. like for each patch? No, f- for the patches, just. The... Oh, okay, um, I mean, patches are a good way for me to do change stitch work without having to have a jacket, you know. So it's a little more accessible for some people without having to make a big commitment and be like, oh, I want this big old back piece or like I, you know, it's, it's easier. Um, and those are like things I can take with me. Like I, or bring them to places with me, you know, can make them ahead of time. So, um, like right now I did a collaboration with FDC studios. And so we made some like one-on-one patches and one-on-one colors for their Mr. Sun shop. And it's, for me, it's just like, it's good practice to be able to, to make patches you know what right. I mean because right. I don't ha- I can if I mess one up I can like throw it out it's not uh, something I can't fix you know right yeah not wasting right exactly and recycling. with jackets and I just really have to take my time because you get one shot you know <laughs> right. right yeah what has been a, a challenge for you so far like what's been like a, a big piece that you've done and that you've had to do I know you showed me that you're working on like the coffee one, which mm-hmm. seems like a lot of time. Yeah, um, I'm still in the middle of that project. It, I'm taking my time because it's a black letter font, so there's a lot of points and making those like sharp turns on a machine. Because, like I showed you earlier, you control the machine with a crank underneath it, and so it's a freehand embroidery machine, and it takes like it's a lot of like finessing to make it go smoothly and perfectly. Right. Uh, so getting like those perfect angles every time is really hard yeah. so i am taking my sweet time with this banner right. um but i just did that art show i did a triptych of three banners and that was probably the most challenging thing that i did that was my biggest work that i've done wow. um, those are hanging right now at mr sun or fdc studios um Damn. but those took a lot of time yeah. and a lot of planning a lot of math I had to grid everything out. <laughs> a lot of math. A lot of math, yeah, which is not my favorite thing. Yo, I fucking hate math. Yeah, I'm not a fan. But it was, because uh, I did sketches, and then I had to grid them up and make them bigger and perfectly centered, and I made things symmetrical in it, which just made it really difficult. 
And so it was a lot of measuring, a lot yeah. of time measuring and like getting it ready. Yeah. And yeah, that was that was the hardest thing that I've done so far, I think, or the most challenging, I guess, were those manners. And I'm sure listeners are like, oh, I can do chain stitching in like an hour. It's easy. Let's just let them know that this shit is not easy. I thought I could, I thought I had like, I thought I was clever when I did it. Because I figured out a, a troubleshoot. Oh, because you're moving the fabric instead of the curve. Right. Okay. Which okay. is insane. Because like, I was like, I got, this is easy. I can do this all day. <laughs> like, let's go. You want your name? All right. <laughs> but like with, with putting your hand up and using your right hand to like steer yeah. that, to actually like get that craft and that timing like you said like the the angles the mm-hmm. sharpness of different things that like makes me want to like freak out just because i would just <laughs> like i don't know if i could like the patience like for that yeah you have um, to have a lot of control and it comes with practice you know so doing those banners was really difficult but after i was done with them i was like i'm a lot better at changing yeah, now because yeah, yeah. i just had million hours of practice making these fucking banners so well, yeah and then um you doing like pop-ups um where you did like the custom backpack mm-hmm. yeah um you know that's my doorbell <laughs> i gotta buzz them in really yeah, quick yeah, Is it, are you gonna yeah, yeah it's all good. we're talking about like chain stitching we were talking we about were. Like, <laughs> <laughs> crazy really <laughs> I meant like, no, what was I saying? The actual challenge behind your craft. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Like, so, like, I want the listeners to know, like, this shit is not easy. (laughs) You know, like, it it takes some time. But here, like, having people watch you do it, like a setup, that's where I was Oh, yeah, you were talking about, you were talking about Phil Raven. Your pop-ups. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, your pop-ups. Is that... Do you sweat? Does your heart beat race faster? <laughs> I mean, how do you stay controlled <laughs> in that environment? You know, that's a good challenge. Yeah, it's a growing no. experience yeah. for you. The first time I did it, it was uh, definitely a little stressful to have people watch you suddenly. And for those who don't know how chain stitching works, it's you control the direction with the crank under the machine, and then your foot's on the pedal, and the machine can go really fast, and you're freehand drawing with it, and you're trying to remember how things look in cursive at the same time, because most of the time I'm doing like, script embroidery on the spot. Um, so yeah, my first event was a little stressful, but you get used to it like anything else, so right. you get kind of Just gotta take that deep breath in, deep breath out. Yeah. <laughs> Maintain. Like it's be okay. be, yeah. Tell yourself. <laughs> someone get this fan give me a cold water i need to chill out yeah. that's where i would be this is my thing if i if i put stress on myself i just tend to sweat yeah yeah do you know what i mean yeah like being at this weekend at complex con i'm in line i'm like i'm now all of a sudden flustered and i'm i'm starting to like you know sweat a little bit i'm like uh-huh. all right i need to breathe and then yeah. like this guy started talking to me i was like all right let me just calm down a little bit because yes i have that problem even like with our live show like i mean it makes sense doing that i would get nervous but like even doing regular podcasts sometimes i'd be like i can't believe i was like sweating over this yeah it's just like catching yourself and being like okay it's not gonna help if i'm super stressed just gotta chill yeah and it's gonna be fine i like because of course, I mess things up in front of people sometimes, and almost I have to make a joke about it. I'm like, oh, okay, I'll fix that. Let me undo that real quick. So that's a good thing about 
script chain stitching is that I can just, and also the bad thing, is I can pull one string and unravel the whole thing pretty quickly. So if I mess something up, I can undo it. But it's, it's a little weird when people are watching you. It can be right. stressful. Right. But I mean, it's great. It's practice for me. Every time, every single embroidery I do makes me better. So it's uh, That's cool. better every time. Yeah. It's, it's crazy because like, uh, every day is a challenge. Yeah. Every project, I'm sure, is a growing experience for you. What, for what sure. could you do better for the next one? Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, hard to look back on your work and feel happy about it every time. Because most of the time, I'm like, ooh, I would like to do that differently next time or whatever. But it's, uh, you get better each time you do it. You and, and that's why we do so many um, podcasting. Is mm-hmm. I want to hone in on key things to kind of build together to make me stronger as you know a, um, a host yeah um, um, as the founder of street wave you know um, I need to g- get better and I feel like right now where I'm at it's crazy enough putting this out there on podcast I turn 34 next month so like I'm in like this Kanye West era of like <laughs> I need to succeed uh-huh. and I need to like start pushing myself even harder yeah. you know what I mean so it's a challenge Happy early birthday. Yeah, and I'm I'm really excited to see what yourself and what myself is going to be in the next, like, six months. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I don't know. Right? You never know. Like yeah, I was saying earlier, you question. just never know where you're going to end up. Right? Crazy stuff Tomorrow, happens. Yeah, for sure. I, I agree. I thought the train ride up to Chicago would be seven hours. It was, like, nine and a half. <laughs> I didn't know the train system at all. I didn't know that, like, Amtrak is on, like, the lower end of the list if trains are passing by and stopping or whatever's going on we had to stop so many times for trains to go by because like that's just the really stuff but then there was times that like the ones would be like flying and i was like we're gonna hit this and then (laughs) just like you know they like sways to the side or something i don't know it it played tricks on me but probably because i was on like an edible and trying to like <laughs> chill the hell out but at the same yeah. time looking out the window trying to have a, a scenic view of the midwest you know this shit's flat as hell like that's it that's <laughs> that's that was my experience and yeah. I, I hope for a better um de- de- i guess uh decompressing from my journey here yeah. i think that'll be nice i've never taken the train from Kansas City to here. I would, would encourage it. I would, I would, you would? You dude, just told me it was nine hours. It seems like a but I, yeah, Right? And I'm like, <laughs> I'm shitting on it, but I'm like, you should go. You it, should it, do it. Yeah, sure. no. I, it, listen, my, my grandmother passed away in December, and she took me on my first train, and it was like Arkansas to like Joplin to Arkansas, and it was beautiful. So for me to be on a train this time, I kind of felt like this is something that she would have really encouraged me yeah. to do. And she's encouraged me to, like, leave the country to do what I'm passionate about and, like, has built me up as an artist because mm-hmm. she was a painter and oh, she great. was incredible. So I, it was – there's some deeper meanings for sure, you know? Like, I could definitely see myself still as a kid in that train, yeah. you know what I'm saying? So it was it was a good time for me. I, I really uh, – I encourage it. Do it once. Listen, I took the bus before and that was – fucking hell (laughs) and that was from Topeka to Eureka Springs and Uh I hated it that's why I lived in Manhattan Kansas which was like a whole nother realm of the fucking Midwest my dad lived my dad 
grew up there. In Manhattan? Like for a little bit. I think you lived for a while, but yeah. Yeah, it, uh, there's a whole lot of uh, cool things if you're down with the Midwest, you know? (laughs) (laughs) The real Midwest, though, not like the cool Midwest of where where we are right now. Mm -hmm. Uh, I want to ask you uh, kind of a deeper question. We knew this was going to be approaching soon. Um, Uh-oh. Your, your remarks was, I should have read this one, right? Oh, yeah, I should have read these questions before. <laughs> Most recently, I've been challenged with the question of, like, what would, you, what, what would be your impression on where you're at when you, you know, depart? So 100 years have passed. Artifacts are found about yourself. What would you want those artifacts to be or say that kind of represent you or about you, you know? Mm-hmm. Artifacts about me. I see a banner. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I really like doing banners now that I've done a few. Um, I'm working on one now. But yeah, I... I don't know. I don't know. What would I, I, I'm, like, working on building a body of work, and that's something I keep thinking about is, like, building a body of work and have... And... and um, kind of like fine-tuning my style and every time I do a piece I feel like I'm getting closer to what I want my style to look like. Uh, the banner I'm working on right now for the coffee shop around the corner, damn fine, is my own design. So they really gave me the creative freedom to do exactly what I wanted, which was awesome. Yeah. They gave me a little bit of guidance, yeah. but I got to do what I want. And they actually took my first draft of it, which is awesome that in anyone who's creative and this commission work knows that just doesn't happen. People right. always have edits. So uh, I'm really excited to do that one. And I mean, I don't know that the coffee banner is what I want my legacy to be, but I would love to do uh, tattoo banners. You know, I'd love to do um, motorcycle jackets for moto clubs, things like that. But like I said before, it's hard to, it's hard to, see where I think I'll be or like to see in my mind where I think I'll end up or what I'm going to end up doing you know so it's a good question as far as artifacts I don't know maybe a banner maybe a banner (laughs) maybe I'll come up with something cooler eventually your name my name (laughs) on like a jacket that's it just just like fold it up just my poly jacket that's it. That's it. I'm pe- it I peaked. We're done. Well, it's We're crazy because like you've got a frame pot leaf right there. Yeah, my little brother grew that. He uh, is a cannabis farmer, and he used to live in California. Yeah, but now he lives in Colorado. But he had. He knows farm. Nick, I'm guessing. I think a little bit, not super well. Okay. I'm not sure. Maybe. That's weird. Yes. I don't yeah. know. I don't know. Again, the cannabis realm. Like, <laughs> cannabis realm. Who knows? Everyone who knows. Right? Uh, but he was in Northern California for a couple of years and was helping run a farm out there. Wow. So, yeah. actually, my mom brought me that pot leaf back as a souvenir. That's my parents cool went shit. to visit him on his farm, and my mom stole a book from the hotel that they were staying in so that she could press the leaves, <laughs> the pot leaves in it, and fly with it home. So, she flew home with these pressed pot leaves and was stolen. <laughs> And a stolen book. So that she and she. That's gave it so to me. gangster. So now I have a uh, framed pot leaf. But she it's special a, she, to me because she moved the drugs across. Yeah, 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 one hundred percent. She was the mule. She, she like, was. My mom was the drug mule. 
I don't know if those are illegal though. Just the leaf. No, I'm just I playing. doubt it. No, no, no. What's it I called? Mother so. leaf? Is that what it's called? I think it's. I think so. I think it's mother yeah. leaf. It's funny because my dad grows too, so like I should know this shit. Like my I dad should would know probably it too. Be, my brother has told yeah, me. Well, yeah, but yeah. And my mom. <laughs> yep, my brother. <laughs> we'll ask them, and so then we'll just edit that into the podcast and make it sound like we know what we're talking. I'll just drop it in there with like a, a robot <laughs> voice or something. I don't know. Something strange. Yeah, yeah we'll, we'll come up with it. Any advice for... So, I mean, let's just be honest. I, I wrote it as like, well, what's some advice you would give to um, someone beginning chain stitching? But I, I think it's a much bigger picture, you know. It's, it's for... What, what's some advice for those that are like, wanting to take that next step into entrepreneurship mm-hmm. but is still a little like tiptoeing on some things what's some what's some encouraging words you'd say to to um you know um encourage them to take that full step forward and something that they actually love doing yeah i mean i think life is is short we can't spend all of our time doing something we hate so if you find something that you love and that you like spending time doing that just put a put your energy into that thing and like you were saying earlier like just creating and making things and just doing it consistently because you're gonna get better every time you do it like that's really important is just to be working all the time and a thing for me has been building community and so making sure I'm like talking to people and like getting out there and meeting people and it's not even self-promotion. It's just like having conversations with yeah. other people yeah. who are also making right. things. You know, right. surrounding yourself yeah. with people who yeah. are doing stuff that inspire you. Yeah. That's that's really important. That's been really helpful for me. Like I've doing the Makers Marts. I've been working with all these other creative people, and it's really encouraging just to like see them working and seeing them just on social media, just like putting stuff out, making stuff every day. And I'm like, dude that is dope whatever you just made is awesome and it like makes you want to do stuff but I think stepping into like making it more your full-time thing it's hard it's it's uh and I think it's okay to do it part-time until it starts taking over more of your time until you can sustain yourself like I get it we all gotta eat you know but uh I think just yeah building community making time for your work putting your extra energy into your work and just for me a hard thing was like not being afraid to put your stuff out there um like I said earlier I, I before this we were talking about how I kind of have struggled with social media you know like I was I'm a pretty private person so suddenly the only reason I have I now have a public and not a private Instagram was because I did an event with a store and they asked me to make my Instagram public and I was like okay I'll do it but once I did that all this stuff started happening to me because I was just putting myself out there you know showing people that I was making stuff talking about the things I was making and I started sharing stories which I never done before I didn't start sharing stories until last summer and through that I feel like I've been connecting with a lot of people and like people have found me I've had I had people, I had a couple of people commission me from Australia, you know, people across the world. How encouraging. Crazy, you know, it's like the internet is wild, you know, people just find you and it's like, I'm actually just like sitting in my apartment right now. Yeah. This person across the world likes what I'm doing. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, if you're making stuff that 
you're happy with, like, just keep putting it out there. And people, someone's going to like it, you know? So just working at it. Yeah. It's, it's, it's difficult to, like, maintain consistency. Yeah. When you look at your schedule and you're like, fuck. Like, I don't even know if I have time for Instagram at all mm-hmm. for the next three or four days. Yeah. And I don't actually want to have anything to do with it. Mm-hmm. But for me, especially for Street Wave, it's like I have that person on the right and left shoulder. Not mm-hmm. not like heaven and hell, but just right brain and left left brain mm-hmm. kind of thing. Right. Of going, you should do it. It's chill. Go. Wait. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, but maybe that's also like when you were talking about, um, you know, giving advice. It's like being around a community also builds your confidence. It does. And builds your character. Yeah. And you start figuring out, like, what you're weak at and where you need to work better. Mm-hmm. Not just for yourself, but for what you're building. Right. You know, for your business. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, it's been uncomfortable at times. No lie. And it has been uh, energy sucking at times. No lie. But I wouldn't take any of it back. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It's like the first day at ComplexCon, I got home. I didn't even stay for the whole thing. I went home at 5 because I was wiped. Yeah. I was it's a lot. wiped. It's like- and overload yeah and i i didn't know i was that tired till i got home sat yeah. down for the first time and was like damn all right i think i'm not going to go to this like after party thing on the first night i'm going to conserve my energy and put everything into the next day which for us and for me we did we, it was great you know it was a great experience so back to the community thing it's key for success yeah, having surrounding yourself with good people and yeah, and being able to recognize good people, you know, people who are good people will support you, you know. They're going to see your success and they're going to feel actual joy for you. And then there's some people who aren't feeling as good about themselves and so they're seeing your success might make them feel bad about themselves and they're okay. not going to support you, yeah. you know. So it's kind of just identifying that and figuring out who you want to be around and being aware, like we talked about, about energy and feeling good energy and, and yeah. self-reflecting and being like after an interaction or after an event or something, coming home and being like, okay, how do I feel now? Was that a good thing for me or was that a bad thing? Yeah, self, you know? uh, self-examination. Exactly. Mm. Yeah, that's super important. Sure. And sure. I do that now with like people that I spend time with, you know, mm. you you reflect and see, do I feel good after that or do I feel drained, you know? And so knowing the difference and uh, being able to like recognize that and being conscious of that has been a big, big thing for me. It helps a lot, so. 100%. What's next for you? What is the rest of the summer look like and this fall? I mean, we, I mean, we're both hazy. It's a little hazy for us. My whole life Um, is hazy. Uh, preach. Um, <laughs> what am I doing? Okay, so for the n- next month. Mm-hmm. For the next month, what, what's what's coming up? What's um, going on? I have an event with uh, Filson Crowd Company. Um, so I'm going to be... Which is exciting. Yeah, it should be cool. <laughs> You're I, like, bummed. No, I'm not bummed about <laughs> it at all. It's going to be cool. Um, so I'll be it, popping up and changing at Wayward in Wicker Park. Um so that'll be fun again, like just getting out there and meeting yeah. people and yeah. working with a brand is cool. Connecting. Exactly. Yeah. It's just, it's it's good practice for me too. Definitely. And um, 
I'm just going to be working on commissions and things, you know? Yeah. So I have some jackets coming up, and then I'm excited to do um, finishing this banner. And yeah, I need to be better at thinking further ahead. But I mostly okay. this summer, yeah. what I want to do is get some summer activities in because right. I feel like it's slipping by, and I need to get that shit in before the dead of winter comes abruptly, right. which it does here in Chicago. The deathly winter in Chicago. It's terrible. It's just as bad as in Can. Well, I don't know. Comparison. I, I mean, I think it's as bad. It's it's like kind of similar, but here you don't drive. Any, like people drive here, but you still have to walk from your car wherever you park. It's just a lot. I feel like there's more exposure to the cold than I remember when I lived in Kansas City. I didn't even have a real coat. Really? Yeah, because I would. I'd have like a. Okay I'm sensitive coat. to the weather. Oh, okay. I'm Maybe I was just guy. being a kid. And yeah. One of those stupid teenagers like I don't want to wear a coat. Um, I'd rather be sick and look cool. I'd rather look cool. Um, that's how I feel all the time. I just like rather look cool. <laughs> no, but uh, yeah, I winters here are brutal. You have to be really intentional about being social and getting outside of your apartment and they're physically painful so I feel like summer just popped up really quickly I need to get some stuff in get some outside activities it's a challenge it's a challenge I need to like Accepted. put on my schedule <laughs> <laughs> right. put summer no. activities specifically, specifically on my schedule that's why I'm here I need a summer activity it was Chicago we're That's here on the here. perfect weekend. The weather beautiful, is beautiful. Beautiful. That's the best day so far. I think weather-wise. Oh, yeah. I mean, I could walk for days in this weather. I'm like, let's go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. Well, I appreciate your time. Sure. I mean, we're in your we're in your apartment. And you're private and you opened the doors for me. So I, I appreciate did. that. I appreciate, you know, like, <laughs> she wave thanks you um, as I speak for the team and myself. Although they're not here, which is cool. <laughs> Another time. Another Chicago trip. We'll be here. Yeah, I'll have um, to come down sometime. Yeah. I, I have plans to come yeah. more often. I yeah. want to come check out the city and what yeah. you guys have to offer now. It's, uh, it's incredible. And I think for you to come back and do uh, a pop-up, who knows, you know, something, show your work. Yeah. I'll bring my backpack through. All right, yeah, I got you. <laughs> Actually, a denim jacket. I've got, like, the perfect, I've got a perfect, I've got a plan. I've got a plan. We'll talk about it. Yeah, but. we can make. Put like some street wave stuff on the back. Yes. Big old back yes. piece. Let's do it. Yes, definitely works. All right, well, a street wave in Chicago. Thanks for listening. We out.